A neighbor saw her that afternoon laughing and rollerblading like kids do. When her body was found just hours later, she was naked from the waist down, and there were bite marks on her tiny behind. She was only 10 years old. Did a Reddit user who saw her with another child help solve the case? Should the killer's parents be held responsible? This is the story of Lily Peters, the little girl whose cousin plotted her murder. Hi friends, I'm Katie, and this is Katie Does Crime. Thank you for joining me, and a huge hello to those of you who just subscribed recently. YouTube seems to be suggesting me to more people, and I think it might be because of the super nice comments you all have been leaving me, so I appreciate you. And with that, let's get on to the case. On April 24th, 2022, Ileana Lily Peters' dad called the Chippewa Falls Police Department at 9 p.m. He said the 10-year-old hadn't returned from her aunt's house a few blocks away as expected. Two hours later, he went out to look for her and found her bicycle on the Duncan Creek Trail behind a local brewery. When police joined the search on the ground with canines and in the air with drones, they found nothing. The next morning, when the search started fresh, someone in the town who knew Lily found her at 8.45 a.m. near where her bike had been discovered. Investigators said she was naked from the waist down and had blunt force trauma to her head. There were bite marks on her butt. She had anal tearing. She had been sexually assaulted. What kind of monster had done such a thing to such a beautiful little girl? It was her cousin, a 14-year-old named Carson. Two days after the murder, the eighth grader was interviewed by the police and admitted that he knew when the two of them left the house that day, he was going to assault and kill Lily. She rode her bike along the wooded trail beside the creek while he glided beside her on his hoverboard scooter. He asked her to go exploring with him off the trail, and you can just imagine the little gymnast with a smile so wide was eager to do something so adult-sounding with her older cousin. Once they're up a hill and out of the view of anyone else, Carson punches Lily in the stomach and she falls to the ground. He hits her three times in the head with a stick. He straddles her tiny body and strangles her until he thinks she's dead. Then, and remember, he thinks she's no longer alive at this point, he tries to sexually assault her. He says he knows he bit her, but can't remember what part of her body. But then he gets scared and flees the scene, throwing his clothes into the dirty laundry as soon as he gets home. When news breaks that she's missing, he goes back to hide Lily's body, dragging her a few feet and covering her with leaves. Carson was charged with first-degree intentional homicide, first-degree sexual assault of a child under age 13 with resulting great bodily harm, and first-degree sexual assault. The first two could mean a life sentence, and the second is punishable by up to 60 years in prison. Carson is being held at the Northwest Regional Det Juvenile Detention Center in Wisconsin until his next court appearance on June 24th. Bond has been set at $1 million, and if met, Carson wouldn't be allowed contact with children nor dangerous weapons, but could have supervised visits with siblings. As of right now, he'll be tried as an adult due to the severity of the murder, but Carson's lawyers could petition for him to be tried in juvenile court. In a press conference at the end of April, the Chippewa Falls police chief said his officers had executed a search warrant on the 400 block of North Grove Street, the same block where Lily's aunt lived. He said that the person arrested was familiar with Lily and that there was no longer any danger to the public. And maybe it's true that he wasn't a threat to anyone else. Maybe this was the sort of kid who'd been planning the murder of Lily and fixated only on killing her. But he didn't exactly come with a squeaky clean past. Carson was born from a short-lived relationship between 37-year-old Adam Berger and 45-year-old Lori Davis. They separated when Carson was two years old, and his mom later sued for child support. 
Mom Lori had had multiple drug convictions and was arrested for domestic battery once. In 2017, when Dad Adam was not supposed to be alone with his eight-year-old son, Mom Lori noticed a car that seemed to be suspiciously hanging around the alley behind her house. She followed the car, and when it pulled over into a random driveway and son Carson got out, she tried to stop the car from leaving. It was then that Dad Adam reversed the car straight into her, rolling her off the hood and onto the ground. And that's only the beginning of the story of Carson's dad. Adam Berger spent three years in jail in Wisconsin when he was found to have possession of crack pipes and a trove of inappropriate images of children on his phone in 2016. And I honestly don't know what these images usually look like, but the description of one from the court case really rattled me. I won't get too graphic here, but it showed a naked child, and then someone had doctored the photo to add an adult male to one side that had Adam's face pasted onto it. And then there's an adult woman pasted on with her mouth near his genitals. And then someone has added text to describe assaulting the little girl first and then the mom. On one hand, I had no idea that these pedophiles were spending so much time personalizing their work. The idea that this guy was, like, sitting in his basement, photoshopping his own face onto his P-O-R-N, makes him seem like such a nerd. But it also somehow makes it way more gross. Like, he really put time and attention into these little girls to be able to enjoy them later. After he went to jail in May 2018, Dad Adam wasn't allowed to see his son anymore, but he was allowed to write to him, which he did every day. So you can imagine that the influence he had over Carson was still immense. He once even sent Carson a blanket he had crocheted in his cell. In a letter to a judge, his dad asked for unsupervised contact with Carson during his probation, saying that he had raised the boy himself 50% of the time, taking him hiking and fishing. He writes, I make him laugh almost as much as he makes me laugh. Sure. He goes on to say that since he didn't victimize his son, and since he didn't actually commit any sexual assault against children, he should be allowed to see his son alone once he's released to a halfway house. And you just have to love this world where a pedophile gets to quibble over the semantics of what defines sexual assault. To close out the letter, his dad said, my son is the best part of me. You know, his son, the admitted child killer. And even our little victim, Lily, comes from a troubled home. She lived with her dad, who has multiple convictions for drugs and alcohol, including several DUIs. Lily's mom was convicted of theft after stealing credit cards from one family member and banking details from two others. She's on probation today and lives 60 miles away from Lily. In some ways, it feels like both of these children are victims. Victims of broken homes and parents who didn't provide the emotional stability you need as a growing young person. But it's hard to give Carson too much sympathy when you find out that he told police that he intended to break and kill Lily from the start when they left the house that day. What's interesting is that Reddit may have had something to do with helping to solve this case. In a post later removed by moderators, maybe because they thought it was a sick joke, A local high schooler wrote on the true crime subreddit, What's scary is I was playing Pokemon Go in the park that day, walking along that very same trail. My stomach turns when I think that I saw a girl in a pink-purple hoodie on her bike with another kid on my way out. I have a suspicion that it could be another kid that did it. Fellow subredditors asked the poster to report the tip, but the person went dark. So users went to the Chippewa Falls police themselves with screenshots. We'll probably never know if this directly led to solving the crime, but knowing that the person of interest was a child himself couldn't have hurt the investigation. 
The internet, unsurprisingly, has had plenty to say about this case. One of the main hangups people have is the parenting skills on display here. Carson's mom's boyfriend has been accused of posting satanic material and crude jokes to his Facebook profile following Lily's murder. What kind of influence was he on Carson? And should Lily's dad have allowed his daughter to be at the home of this aunt and her boyfriend with their storied pasts? There's even this weird love triangle rumor where Lily's mom supposedly used to date Carson's mom's boyfriend. Let me debunk one bit of internet gossip, though. There's a story going around that the Redditor who wrote about seeing Lily on the trail that day with another kid also commented on Reddit years ago, I'll kill my cousins before anyone gets a chance. And therefore, that person must actually be Carson himself. But if you read the actual Reddit post, you'll realize that the person was just making a dark joke. I'll link it in the description below so you can see for yourself. If there's any silver lining to this case, it's this. There's now a change.org petition directed at a Wisconsin state senator that proposes a new kind of Amber Alert with fewer regulations. You know the notifications you sometimes get pushed to your phone or see on signs while driving on the highways? Currently, an Amber Alert is only sent when law enforcement believes that an abduction has occurred and that there's enough of a description of the suspect that officers think it could aid in the apprehension. The Department of Justice says that issuing alerts without this information could ultimately weaken its effectiveness. And I obviously understand that rationale, but it has to be really hard for a parent of a missing child to be told that their situation doesn't quite fit the rules. The Lily Alert, as it would be called, would be for missing children who still can't be found after police conduct a search. According to the petition, there will be a community meeting in Chippewa Falls on June 16, 2022, to discuss the possibility of putting into action the legislative draft that's been written up. It's sad to think that the community of Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, will never see Lily bike down that wooded path like they so often used to. I'll keep an eye on the case as Carson sees his next day in court on June 24th, and I hope he gets the help he so obviously needs. What are your thoughts about the possibility of trying Carson as an adult? He's only 14 years old. Surely there's time for him to be rehabilitated, right? But on the other hand, if he admitted to plotting this assault and murder, is there something so ingrained in him that it can't be fixed? Thank you for tuning into my podcast episode. I'm just a true crime fan like you are, and I really appreciate you taking a chance on me. Please subscribe and tell a friend if you like spending this time together. You can also find me on YouTube in the flesh by searching Katie Does Crime.